Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith. And now we'll take our final conversation with a guest. And don't forget, we have uh, in 15 minutes time just about uh, the open line to hear what is on your mind. We'll be reading your text messages, playing your voice notes, taking your calls throughout. But right now we have a guest who is uh, an African that is a Muslim. Now you now know by now that we have thousands and thousands, quite frankly, millions of Africans who have identified themselves as Muslim. And it is very interesting to learn how these various Africans have adopted Islam. Not only have they adopted Islam, they have adopted Arabic as a language of communication for them. Not only did they adopt Arabic as a language for, of communication for them, they have adopted the Arabic dress code. You'll see these Muslims who are African, not dressing in an African way, but dressing in an Arabic way in those gowns and putting it in a colloquial way in those gowns or robes that are generally worn in the Arab states, particularly in those Arab states. But we've seen with the proliferation of Islam, we've seen some uh, men who are Africans wearing those Arab robes with the turbans and all of that. And we have seen that becoming uh, a form of the Arabization of the African. To the extent it causes to wonder, when we speak of African Muslims, are we talking people who have forsaken their African identity or their Africanness and adopted the Arabic culture, Arabic lifestyle, and to the extent that they not only have identified those themselves with the Arabic way of life, they no longer are called or use their African names. They use Arabic names, which begs the question, are African Arabs still African? Well, we have one young man who went and lived in a community of Arabs who are Muslim, and he came back with the name Kasim. Kasim, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, my brother, and good evening to SFM listeners, my brother. Tell us first the first question, and I hope that does not offend you. Are you an African now that you no longer call yourself uh, by your African name? You want us to, I, to, to, to address you by the name Kasim. Are you still African? 100% so, my brother, or to some extent, 150%. Uh, to first deal with the with the point of the name, uh, in an African way, before my my African name is Cabello, which right. if you understand your tradition or your Tswana uh, that deep, it translates to a Cabello, meaning a portion. Like uh, your your parents have gotten their portion of portion, benefits. Yes, yes. So hence, in my language, yes, I was that. Exactly, my brother. And then 
uh, when I got to, in, to embrace Islam, uh, what they did or how the procedure would go, they don't necessarily, you don't adopt uh, an Arabic name, but they will ask you your name, Cabello, and then they will find a translation in terms of Arabic, in terms of like the names that were given to the Sahabas. Sahabas are like the, the, the companions of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, uh, Kasim actually means the distributor, meaning the distributor of knowledge. So if you were to follow, it doesn't distance far from the distribution that my parents got. So hence the translation, and I still bear the name Kabelo up until today, of which uh, there's no contradiction in Islam, even if you carry your previous name. So what I'm trying to establish, yeah, why, in terms of why, the name, why why do you adopt the, the 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 Arabic translation of what your name already has a meaning in Setswana? Why do you forsake the Tswana name and use an Arabic variation? Uh, before I come to personally me, uh, in the Muslim community, there are still some brothers who go with the African names, and there's nothing wrong with it. So to some extent, it's a personal choice, but it was also encouraged by the Prophet Muhammad wasallam because those names, they have the meaning behind in terms of Allah, what the meaning behind it means in terms of his servants. Every servant will have their role. And then, so uh, adopting this name, uh, to some extent, it's me taking uh, the oath uh, from my Lord and going ahead with this name and making sure that I fulfill my mandate uh, within I, 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 the Islam I, I, community. I, I don't have a problem with that. I need you to help me understand why I'm not challenging. I'm not saying it's wrong there, Kasim. Um, what I'm trying to understand is why. What what is wrong with if 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 the meaning of Kasim is the one who distributes, nah. which which is effectively uh, the one who shares. Uh, why why can't you use the very same meaning in your own African language? Why forsake your Africanness for the Arabic way? I think your question is fair, my brother. Uh, one thing we should bear in mind is Arabic has been chosen as the primary language of the Muslim community. So uh, in terms of being a Muslim, you can be a Muslim uh, while your knowledge is still at basic. You can pray your prayers in English, but it's a mandate that you learn Arabic and Arabic forms part of your life because this is the language that the Quran was uh, brought to air through. So, in terms of Arabic, it's not necessarily a matter of this being a language of the people who, from the Middle East, but yeah. then because the Quran was sent to that nation, so that language has been preserved and we, we, we honor it as the language of the Quran. So, we have a mandate to some extent to, to include it into our, our personal lives. So, effectively, you cannot be a Muslim that speaks is Khalsa. You have to speak Arabic. In your case, you cannot be a Muslim no, that speaks brother. or reads uh, the Quran in Sitswana because you're a Mutswana. You cannot be... Allah does not accept your prayer if you, you're praying it in Sitswana. He only accepts it um, when you pray it in Arabic. Not necessarily, my brother. One thing is, I mentioned that at the beginning, if, you're basic, if your knowledge is still basic, 
it's 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 a good thing that you can pray in English, you can yeah. pray in your Setswana, uh translate the uh, the Quran into Setswana. But as time goes on, because another thing in terms of praying, uh praying in terms of the Muslims and praying in better comma the Christian way is different because when we pray, we don't necessarily recite the Quran. Yeah. You understand? So recitation is the actual prayer of the Quran. I, I and understand. there's no way what, you can what, recite can... Quran. You can there's no way you can recite Quran in English. Quran can only be recited in Arabic. Why not? But why can't you, you recite it in your own language? You Forget about English. It. Forget about English there, uh, Kasim. My issue is your Africanness now. Why can't you recite it in Sichuana? You can't recite it in Sichuana because Arabic are uh, the Quranic language there are certain ways i'd say maybe to an extent 60 percent of the words that you can't even translate into your situation so this is a language that you have to understand this is a heavenly sent language so uh there are certain arabic things is a heavenly even sent language today. <laughs> did you just say arabic yes, is a heavenly sent language? language i say so because it was it was the main uh language used to 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 deliver the Quran to us, so hence I'm saying so that it's a heavenly sent uh, language because the Quran was sent in that language. So there's no way you can recite Quran in other language. You can read, you can understand it through your own language, but when it comes to recitation, it's a mandate that you keep your knowledge up to toes. You keep on increasing your knowledge so that you could be able to recite and understand the Quran in its context. Because the minute so we start doing things of interpretation. That's yeah. where you find people who are misinterpreting and taking certain meanings out of context. That's where you'll find your Hawarij, your ISIS, your Al-Qaeda. Yes, That's where yes, the yes. thing of meaning comes into. So, so, yeah. so, so tell, me, like tell me, to... Kasim. Tell me, Kasim. Um, so you're saying that um, while Allah created people all over the world, but he decided... Yes, my brother. Any and everyone else who speaks any other language, he will not. he will ignore prayers in any and every other language you'll only listen to arabic like there's no way you can pray in your own language you can pray in your own language when you then have the knowledge allah will pardon you there but as time goes on you need to acquire the knowledge i, I got and I got for that. you you've said that already uh, kasim what i need you to help me understand are you therefore saying allah only listens to arabic prayers he does not listen to Isikosa. No. He does not listen to Japanese. He doesn't listen to Mandarin or uh, Espanol. He only listens to Arabic. He only listens to Arabic. He, not, not only, my brother. I mentioned, I'm going to repeat this. English, your language is permitted, but you have a mandate to learn Arabic in order for you to practice. So whenever you don't have the language of Arabic, your uh, prayers are accepted. Here we're talking within Islam, yeah. uh, let so alone it, other religions. In terms right. of so Islam, you can, you, you can pray in your own language, and then as time goes on, you acquire knowledge. It's a, it's a, it's a mandate. You need to learn Arabic. You where need does to it come, does it come from Allah? Is it, is it Allah who gives this mandate that yes. you must pray in Arabic? Yes, because the Quran was sent in Arabic. Where did you can't Allah say that? You, you tell me, pray. tell me where. Decide. Tell me where in, 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 in the uh, Quran I don't it know says if you, you can must... give me... 
Uh, you know, my brother, in the Quran, we deal with Dalil. That's, uh, I like the part that you say, tell me where in the Quran, which is a Dalil. I have my Quran with me, but then I'll have to search through uh, uh, to find the, 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 the evidence, which, is, which we call the, the Dalil, surah, where yeah, Allah says that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, please, I, I yes, need you to find that for me. But if you understand one thing. Yeah. Yes, if you understand, let's, under, let's make this clear now. Uh, the Quran, you can pray and say, uh, Allah, I'm asking for this. That we call it dua. Dua is when you speak to your Lord and then you ask him. You can ask him in English. You can, you can uh, lay out all your problems in English and everything. But when it comes to praying, praying will recite. That's where you always get into your mosque. Whenever there's a session, uh, we change your posture to go maybe to sajda. That's where we, uh, we take our foreheads down. We always recite something. Those things are recitation. There's no way your prayer, you, you can pray while you know Arabic and then you don't recite the Quran. Now you, you, are, what, you are doing what you call uh, a deviation because now you are implementing or you are innovating the things that were not permitted in Islam. So yeah. that's basically called innovation. And that causes so, uh, a lot happened, of trust. What happened to Allah? Who, who was he listening to before there was... The, even the Arabic culture and then the Arabic language. Before there was Ishmael, didn't didn't nah. Allah listen to any any of the people who were not Arabic because the Arabic was not always there. We see the advent of Arabic in the in, in the Arab Peninsula in what eighth century BCE. So before the eighth yes, century, what happened? What happened? That's why we talk about in Islam, we refer to some state as a state of ignorance, the state of Jahlil. That's why you didn't know. And hence, I've been repeating this. If you don't know, you don't have the knowledge, uh, you are permitted to read and to uh, recite, uh, not to read, but to so pray was wrong. in he made your a own language. He creates people who... No, who, no, 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 my brother. Uh, what language did... Let's, what, let's, what let's language did what, he didn't make... What, what language did Ishmael's father speak? Did Ishmael's father speak Arabic? They spoke Arabic. <laughs> yes, my brother. 100% so. 100% so, uh, my brother. Uh, so the prophet Abraham spoke Arabic? 100% so, my brother. Let me tell you one thing now. Let, yeah. let, let, let me tell you one thing now. Uh, yeah. Maybe you might be coming from a point of view of a Christianity. Uh each and every messenger and a prophet was yeah. sent after a period of time to come yeah. and call into order the things that were happening before. So these are some of the things. Each and every time Allah will send a messenger or a prophet to warn the people about certain things to lead them into the line of guidance. Wait, so wait, wait, wait. Hasim, every time there's wait, a wait, messenger, wait. I, the I messenger came to... to... Wait, wait, Hasim. Are you telling me that yes, Arabic... Arabic existed before Arabs existed. The language Arabic yes, my existed bro. before Arabs existed. We see the advent of Ara Arabs coming after Ishmael. This is, this, these are descendants of Ishmael, isn't it? Yes, my brother. So, before Ishmael... So, you... Just because we refer to Arabs as Arabs, then automatically the, 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 the language they're going to adopt, we say it only came after they came. So that's what you're trying to say. 
That's what I'm asking you. That before them, before the language they spoke, there was no such language. Are you saying so? Yes, that's what history says. Before 8th century BCE, there was no Arabic. But there was a word of Allah. The word of Allah has always been there. And it has always okay. been prescribed in Arabic. Okay, all right. Look, look I, I hear you. I hear you. So and I, then... I... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, my brother, because one thing is you're going to come with history. <laughs> and then you have to consider that up until a certain point of time, yes. uh, uh, certain history will have to be questionable. Ooh, okay, all right. Because, because you... we only collected, because it was only collected from a certain period of time, and certain things you never ha have access to them up until okay. you are able to encounter uh, people like the Prophet Muhammad. Okay, okay, so I hear you. I hear the you. language has always been there. Yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. Kasim, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. Uh, I hope it's not going to be the last time you'll come through and give us some more nuggets. Really appreciate you coming through and talking to us, Kasim. All right? No, my brother, I really appreciate it. And I hope next time I'll be able to call in also some of my scholars from the Saudi. Uh, that I do have a certain extent contact line. So if you guys are willing going forward, we can have some scholars who'll be able to even uh apply because one thing i also want to disclaim i'm not a scholar uh i'm not an alim uh i was speaking from an experience but based also on evidence in the quran got it got it got it noam dude's right there with you he'll take all of those uh, uh contacts that you have kasim thank you very much for coming through and talking to us up next we take your calls we take your voice notes we take your whatsapp texts i can see both of you i can see all the calls don't worry nani and zakaria don't panic I'll be with you right now. Facts of Faith on SAFM. Him to wake Phineas up. He's been sleeping this hour. I don't know what's happening. All right, let's go to the calls. Go to Nani Numzimkuru. Nani, good evening. Good evening to you. How are you? Well, thank you, Nani. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Uh, I would like to comment on this topic here. As you kept on asking uh, this guy, Kassim, hey, why Arabic language it matters when it comes to prayers on Muslims? No, that was not my question. My question was, yeah. why can't you pray in your own African language? That was the question. Why okay, can't me... Allah hear you when you're praying in your own language, an African language, for example? Go ahead. Okay, okay. On that point, yeah, my response is, uh, you know, like in, in Islam, everything it goes with laws. You have to know where to start when it comes to pray, and you have to know how to finish. Why I'm talking of this? Because as the custom says, in Islam, we are taking prayers, we read Quran. Then when you finish all of that, it's where now you can start praying. When I'm saying praying, like it's... Uh, the custom, I mean, the custom say making dua, whereby you say, you, you say whatever to God, like I thank you for giving me this or please me, God, help me and that. That one is out of say, I'll finish now taking your prayer. And why we have to um, uh, we have to be strict on Arabic, as my 
as customers or same area on. But it's Nani, you still important. haven't answered my question. Why can't Allah hear my prayer when I pray in my own African language? I hear yes. all these rules that you're talking about, but they don't yes. come from Allah, do they? Is it Allah who says, I will not listen, I will not listen to you if you don't pray to me in Arabic? You asked me how Muslims pray. And no, that, I did that... not ask you that, Nani. I said my question was, why can't Allah hear me praying if I don't pray in Arabic? Why should I have to pray in Arabic? Why can't I pray in his clause? Allah hears everyone in whatever language you prefer to pray. Yeah. Whatever then... language you use, Allah is able to hear. As you can see, entire world, everyone speaks in different languages. But yeah. for the sake of communication, wherever I go, I can go to China, I mean South Africa, I go to yeah. Malawi, wherever. But for the ease of communication, and the Quran was revealed in Arabic, and we have to maintain that originality of the Quran for other people not to interpret it in a wrong way. Okay. Got it. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call. Appreciate you coming through to talk to us and give us your perspective, Nani. Appreciate it. Let's go to Mpumalanga, Zakaria. Good evening, Zakaria. Zakaria? Do we have Zakaria on the line, guys? All right. Fine. Zakaria is gone. Let's go to the voice notes. Phineas? Uh, uh, good day, Naye. Um, I just wanted to comment about the uh, language Arabic um, uh, in relation to Ishmael. I believe that uh, Arabic language was there even before Ishmael was born. Okay, okay. Ishmael joined the community of the people who spoke Arabic. Okay. And he had to learn from them. But before he joined them, there might be a language that he spoke with his father and his mother, Haga. But what we know further is Arabic is a Semitic language. Yes. It is the language that is related or similar to Hebrew, Aramaic. Yes. So those languages that Semitic, the language that was spoken by Shem and the descendants of Shem, so there is a possibility that when Kasim says Abraham spoke Arabic, probably it is because what Abraham spoke, it was Semitic. Yeah. But we have to understand that Arabic did not start with Ishmael. There was Arabic in Yemen and what is called uh, Saudi Arabia today before he migrated to that side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree that Arabic is a Semitic language. No problem there. And I'm not even suggesting that Arabic began with, with Ishmael. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm saying Arabs are descendants of Ishmael. Now, you're saying, no, Arabs are not descendants of Ishmael. Ishmael found Arabs there and assimilated with Arabs. That's what you're saying. And I'm saying I have a problem with that. But as far as history is concerned... We are told the language Arabic came and st we, is documented to have come in around eight, eight, yeah, the eighth century BCE. 
Now, that's what history suggests. I have no problem. Quite frankly, if you're disputing it, you can. Uh, go ahead, uh, Phineas, the next one. Um, the amassing of wealth is not anti-gospel. And Christ does not discourage people from getting wealthy. He discourages people from loving uh, worldly treasures, um, you know, over the gospel, over the kingdom of God. Even in the parable that Christ tells about Lazarus and the, and the rich man, the issue there is not about the man being rich. It's about how the rich man treated the poor man. It's not about his, his being rich. Um, so um, Christ says in Matthew 6, 21, uh, for where your treasure is, uh, there your heart will be also. So the issue is actually there. The problem is not amassing of wealth. So I repeat, the amassing of wealth is not anti-gospel. All right, got it. All right. <laughs> that's that's the interpretation right there. Play the next one, Phineas. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. I'm not quite sure what point that person was making. Play the next one, Phineas. I appreciate what the, the pastor is saying and also what the Muslim caller um, has said. Um, you know, I might not have the scriptures, but I think Jesus gave a teaching and he performed the miracle of when, what we know about the three fishes and the five loaves. And in that, he taught everyone the principle that if one has and they share, everyone will have equal. So if there is a few people that has a few things, you bring it together and everyone can eat from it and everyone can have. So once again, I believe there's nothing wrong with the financing, um, specifically the people that are preaching the gospel because they need, um, they need to be financed for furthering the gospel and what Paul is talking about enlarging of the tent. So I can just imagine how much money needs to go into these things. But I think also, I don't know the scripture, but I know there's something about not gathering um, riches for ourselves on earth. So why would those okay. kind of scriptures be in the Bible if it, if it is okay for all of us to just be extremely wealthy? Um, there they should be reason for that. I don't know what it is. I can't even recall the scriptures, but I think there is a lot of, um, it, it makes a lot of sense for me. Um, basically, we just need to find the balance. We cannot have extremely rich people and extremely poor people. And even the ones that's poor in spirit that don't know how to care for themselves, um, it's still our responsibility if we have to make sure that they in, are enlightened with the gospel and help themselves after that. There is just billions of people on earth that needs the gospel still and needs um, um, to have a better life. No, we can't have little people being rich and the masses being poor. 
Okay. All right. We're going to leave it right there. I'm going to read just one text message there. found rather interesting. It reads, Naya, language was birthed in Genesis chapter 11 before Abraham. So yes, language did come before the tribe or people in the Tower of Babel. Language came to bring confusion to the people and disunity to prevent them from building the Tower of Babel. Okay. That person is confusing a lot of things there. The confusion of language is not the creation of new languages. The Tower of Babel, there was a confusion of the language that they spoke at the time. We don't know which languages emanated from the different confused language that was happening there. So that does not speak that at all. Go back and read any encyclopedia. It will tell you when the language Arabic came to being. That's how we're going to conclude our conversation for today. From me, Naya Lupondwana and the team, have a wonderful evening and Godspeed.